What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday evening. We are talking Andor episodes five and six. So today, uh, uh, October 12th, we just saw the, the sixth episode. However, we missed last week because somebody decided to travel for work. So we are back at it. This is Built on Hope, our all Andor talk show. Uh, I'm Josiah Leroy with me today, Mr. Baba Yaga. John, like I said, pre-show, it just takes one episode to pull you right back in. How dare you miss a week of Andor? How <laughs> dare you? Are you committed to anything? Have you have you have any respect? <laughs> no, I commitment is an issue for me apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's Star Wars, right? Like I'm the Star Wars guy. It's ridiculous. I listen. I know. I was gonna watch it in the hotel. I was uh, I was out of town as that happened, and I uh, I got too tired. <laughs> And I, I did not. So uh, I know it's a shocker. I, I took my shot. See, listen, I had a night where I was like, oh, I could get a really good night's sleep tonight. You know, I love my kids dearly, but I will not be interrupted tonight. And that's what happened. So, but I mean, really, I was investing long term for the Geekiverse. So I'd be more well uh, refreshed, if you will. But at least you rushed home and watched Andor the next day, right? I, no, not at all. That didn't happen. John, where did you get that idea? Okay, so uh, I did not. I watched it today. You watched uh, episode five today? Five and six today. Oh, yeah, my I God. I know. You filthy I'm casual. In, I'm turning in my hardcore uh, Star Wars fan <laughs> card. It's, it's it, terrible. It, it happens, man. I haven't seen last week's episode of She-Hulk yet, and the, and, and the, the next episode comes out tomorrow, so I have yeah, not I seen... more egregious. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I know what happens. I know the thing that I know. I know the cameo. I know. I know what it's time for. Last episode, so I know. That's saying a lot. Now that we're talking about this, I did watch that. Oh, as last Thursday, I had time for one, and that's what I watched. Wow. Because I was was like, "There's not a lot of buzz around Andor." I know it's Star Wars. What am I thinking? But still, uh, there was a lot of buzz around what happened in She-Hulk, and I'm like, I have to see this. There has not been a week that I've been late more than a day or two on She-Hulk. I yeah. usually watch it Thursday. I can't yeah. wait to talk about it. Me, me not watching it yet is not a is not a condemnation of of that show. I love She-Hulk. It's one of those things where it's like it's just so fun and so like I don't know, so whimsical that like I don't feel like if I miss it for a week it's the end of the world. Like I don't care no. what spoilers pop up. Like I knew you know I, I knew the that other character was going to show up eventually, and like we all figured that would be the episode, and you know it was. So I'm like, hey, whatever, I'll, I'll get to it. Um, I'm still, I still can't wait to see it. Like every day, I'm like, oh, I should watch She-Hulk. I should do it. I should get it in there. But now I'm like, well, might as well just wait for the next episode and hit them both back to back. That's essentially what I did with Andor. But here's, it, it's like you, John. You're the biggest She-Hulk fan I know. So it's crazy that you haven't like watched this. You know, you like it almost as much as, as I like Star Wars. It's crazy. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, thanks for tuning in uh, to the chat here, Twitch.tv. Slash the Geekiverse. We're also streaming live at youtube.com slash the Geekiverse. And of course, you can watch this video back after we're done on YouTube or listen to the podcast version wherever you download podcasts. So um, I don't know how we want to do this discussion, John. This, you know, our shows here have been a little bit short, which is fine because these there's not as much to unpack, I think, with yeah. Andor as there was like Kenobi, let's say. But um, despite seeing episode five earlier today, 
I don't really have much to say about it, which is probably good that we ended up packing these into one episode. For sure. Uh, last week, we planned on recording for a little while, and there was some point where I'm like, man, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough episode to get, you know, to, to have a full, you know, uh, feature length packed episode on, on episode five of, uh, of Andor. It, it was good. Like, it was fine. Like, like it, it served to progress the story in a situation where we know we're, we're getting 12 episodes of this, you know, of, of this this TV series. There's going to be a few like that where it's just like, OK, we're just setting this up. Uh, you know, at the end of episode four, Andor finally gets introduced to the to the crew. You meet these people. You get a couple of names. Episode five is just like a continuation of that. We're gonna explain the mission a little more. We're gonna show you a little uh, a little bit of insight about how you know Cassian might be bringing some strengths to this to this team and how they might be a little bit unprepared. So you just learn a little bit more about the team dynamics. Um, some good stuff there with like Mon Mothma and her husband and that like loveless marriage. Um, who's the who's the, the 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 cop guy that like flunked out or whatever? Cyril Karn, Cyril Karn, right? So Karn, you get it, it, good dichotomy there between Karn and his his relationship with his mother and what he's going through on the Imperial side of things, and Mon Mothma and what she's going through, like her day to day family stuff, what she's going through with her husband. So like, I like that stuff. It, it's 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 what the the anime kids might call filler. It's a filler episode, right? Like there's a lot of that in, the, in your Dragon Balls and your Naruto and one piece as you talk about filler all the time this was certainly a f- <laughs> yeah cold wars for sure absolutely good good call um plenty of filler out there and this this was a filler episode but like hey man if you if, if you love what you're here for like that's that's great I, I, give me star wars filler any day so it's world building it's fun it's it, it's an interesting episode in it episode five just leads into what we're gonna we're, we're gonna have some fun talking about with, with episode six for sure but your thoughts yeah, every every series can't be all killer no filler, am I right? You know, um, this was a lot of what we've seen, especially if you go back to maybe episodes one and two, where there's a lot of world building. But it really hit me, I gotta say. So, like thinking back to episode five in particular, as I was watching this, I was really enjoying that for the first time. For the first time, I was enjoying that. I didn't feel like I had a rush to get to the next big moment. And that's what Star Wars typically is. It's a lot of action. It's a lot of excitement. And if there is downtime, it doesn't last very long. This is a change of pace for all of that. So with Andor here, they've got the time to to space that out, which we haven't seen in Star Wars before. We've got you know 24 episodes across two seasons of Andor that are going to happen. And it it was an odd positive moment for me where i was like i like this i'm not in a rush this is fine i want to learn everything i can i I put the subtitles on we've talked about that before i wanted to know everything if i didn't get something i rewound it half a minute to rewatch it again because i really wanted to sink this in it's so dialogue heavy right now and uh i I think of series you know i we all know i'm not fond of game of thrones but if i do think back to the earlier episodes and the first few seasons that i watched uh there's not always a ton of action there either in some of those very early episodes. And I think about how that was a little bit world building and setting up the characters and what the storyline was going to be. And I feel like there was just a touch of that here. So, you know, even though we didn't dedicate a whole episode of built on hope to talk about episode five, I, I was, I, that was kind of an, an epiphany for me, I think. 
Yeah, that, that, I love that comparison too because Game of Thrones, like what I will tell anybody who's interested in, the, in that show or has questions about it, Game of Thrones, much like a Breaking Bad or a Better Call Saul, is just a – it's the epitome of character writing. Like that show is is character writing done to, better than you're, you're ever going to see it. Like that show is all about the intricacies of these characters and their relationships. Like that's what Game of Thrones is and does it fall flat in the end? Sure. But like, man, the ride is totally worth it. And for once, we're getting a Star Wars show where it's about the ride. It's not about the destination. Like how often are we like – we talk about Kenobi and like of course that's – we're all – we're so hyped for Kenobi. We had so much fun with that show because we're huge Star Wars fans and yeah, we want to see those, those big tentpole moments. But that was mostly about the destination and we're going to have fun with the ride of course but the, um, Andor is about the ride. We don't know anything about the destination other than eventually it's going to lead into Rogue One, whatever. But like, there's a there's a point to this story, and I'm just I'm just along for the ride. I think I touched on it maybe last episode of Built on Hope, where uh, Tony Gilroy, who you know headed up production on Rogue One, is doing the same for this series. And Rogue One, despite how well received and just how generally good it is as a movie. It was a little bit of a messy first act. They had a flip flop and go and cover, you know, nine characters and six planets all in like 20 minutes, it felt like, to set the stage for what was going to be just action all the way through. And they did a good job at it when, you you know, all is said and done. Here it's the flip side of that. It's like, hey, Rogue One, we had like two hours. Let's tell the story quickly and make sure it counts. Here, we can take our time. We can take a, a breather. We can learn about these characters' histories, their their side stories, all of it. Um, I think about like Arvel, who's kind of the, the jerk of the bunch in uh, this new band that Cassian is in. And like hearing a little bit of what makes him tick or like explaining some of the tattoos he had, all of that I thought was a really nice moment. And that's when I actually like a conversation I went back and watched again just because I wanted to make sure there was nothing I was missing. Dude, I um, did the same thing. Yep, I, I was. I don't know what I was doing, making lunch or whatever, but that conversation was happening, and they were talking about like it's when it's when he like breaks into Cassian's stuff, and he's looking through it, and he's like, you know, you have nothing to worry about, whatever it was. That conversation happened, and I listened to it, but then I replayed it because like it, there, you know, it's 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 just good dialogue. It's a great conversation, and if you miss like one line of that, you've got to go back and hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, I think there's the, you could say that for a lot of this series. It's definitely worth rewatching it at least once to go back to make sure you didn't miss anything. Uh, but we got more time with the ensemble cast, which was great. Uh, I'm a big fan of Nemec. There's something about that guy where I'm just like, that's my guy. I, I love the way he thinks. I love how he looks at the oppression of the Empire, all of it. And yeah. that, there was a lot of focus on him in that episode. For sure. It, it was it was set up just a little too well to, to have episode six play out the way that it did. Honestly, as that was happening, I'm, I had the same thought that I think you had for B2 Emo. Dude, I... <laughs> like, no! Dude, the, 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 second, the second we start learning more about him in episode five and like his, writing his memoir and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, so, he, so he's the one who dies during this, during this thing. He, he's the one who's going to go. He's way, way, way too bright-spirited. He's way too hopeful. He's way too smart. Like He's, he's done. There's no chance this guy lives to, lives to the end of this mission. He's the heart and soul of it, right? Like he, I know. I think of like five years down the line, classic rebel Alliance. That's one of the guys that you get behind probably, you know, works his way up just on his sheer heart. Um, 
Cyril is the guy we mentioned that uh, kind of goes back home to to be with mom. I, none of that like hit for me. I was like, I, I don't need this. I'm fine. The, the only yeah, that the, the the relationship there and the character building there, I don't really care about. It's just interesting to see a little bit about like what what that side of the imperial life is like. Like these are still people, and there's still stuff going on, and they have ambitions. Like that angle, I like. I just don't know if they're nailing like the the actual dialogue and the actual characters there. I like that they're showing us, they're attempting us to show that side of the Imperials because we're seeing that all over the place. We're seeing that dichotomy of like this is what the Rebel Alliance is going through, this is what the Imperials are going through. Like we're seeing more day to day life stuff with the Imperials than we ever have. Ever like the Empire, like we're we're seeing conversations with generals between each other. We're talking about like their jobs and their tasks and like the hierarchy. Like we're learning that these are people, right? Like they're they're here to follow orders. Like yeah, they're they're doing some really shitty stuff, but they're people at the end of the day. Um, I think that's the angle here with the the Sidewalkarn stuff. But just you know, yeah, not very interesting. I I, I can get behind that point. That's maybe one thing though in the show where I'm like, all right, they got a little too much time to tell the story. Yeah. Uh, but you're you're totally right on that. I'm into seeing Coruscant. I'm into seeing what the Empire looks like at a lower level. Um, as we find out in episode six, some of the panic that happens when something doesn't go according to the plan. I mean, we're just used to seeing the Emperor and Darth Vader, really, for most of these movies in, in some of the, the Disney Plus series. But now we're seeing what the everyday officer looks like at a low level and in a, in a mid-level, depending on what rank these, these corporals are at. Yeah, like, it's, that's it's super interesting to me. It's stuff that you've only seen in, in those, like... Um from a certain point of view books before, right? Like that's the only time you ever had those perspectives is when you're reading one of those, like, you know, Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view and you get, you get a story from one of those, uh, those low, low ranking Imperial generals or whatever. So interesting to see that on the, on the screen for sure. In, I think it was in this episode, just maybe to put a bow on episode five and transition to six, um, Deidre. So that, uh, female Imperial commander that, uh, had the dispute in the, in the argument last, uh, I think the prior episode, she she won't let this go, right? Thinking about the similarities between some of the pockets of rebellion. I think they said it was too random to be random, right? Yes, like her yep. associate. Okay. So I love that conversation because she wants to kind of let it go, even though deep inside she can't. Yeah. And I love that he pushes that out of her. He's like, no, we can't do this. We we gotta do what's what's right. And when I say what's right is their perspective. Yeah, if you worked for a company, whatever that looks like, or in this case, the, the freaking empire, like it is your job and your duty to search out those things. If something isn't right in your gut, you're supposed to go and investigate that. And she's got some good evidence, or at least she's found a pattern between four or five of these little pockets. And she sees the, maybe not the long-term plan, but at least some of the short-term plan with how these these different rebel groups are eventually going to become something greater. And I, I like that angle too. Me too. I, I'm still so curious to see how this storyline with her plays out. Um, are, are we, are we getting this intricate look on at, at her workflow just because she's figuring it out? And like, it, you know, she's the, maybe the first one who has that light bulb moment that there might be something bigger with this rebellion, or are we planting seeds that she might, you know, be part of the, the Alliance and flip at one point. Um, interesting to see, I, you know, there, there's always a reason that somebody's on screen, right? You know, there, there, there can be multiple, but, we'll we'll see see what happens yeah uh i I, the way i feel especially after episode six so we're halfway through this first season like i'm I'm, the optimism is really ramping up for me the the interest is certainly peaked uh kind of transitioning here to episode six uh six if there's something that we missed in episode five john we'll just bring it up here but for a lot of this episode man uh shades of rogue one all dude episode six of andor 
is a very good Star Wars movie. Like that was that was a fifty minute thriller. Episode six, like bar none, the best episode thus far for me. Like beginning to end, edge of your seat. Like so, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comparison here. Th- this reminds me a lot of Top Gun Maverick. So Top Gun Maverick, if you haven't seen it, no spoilers, whatever. Not much to spoil in a, in a movie like Top Gun Maverick. But they they just drill home in the the first third of that movie that we have this mission. And here's here's all the points of that mission. We have to articulate it this way. They hype you up on this mission. They tell you what this mission's all about. And in the second half of that movie, they execute that mission. And it's just such a hype moment to see them do it and to understand that mission. Like everything they do, you understand because they set it up so well. Same thing here with Andor. They told you so much about what they have to do. They nailed it home for the last three episodes. It's like, it's this, it's this, and this. Here's our scale. We make we got to make sure this is right. They emphasize it. Got to make sure this is right. They emphasize it. We finally get to this episode, and we see that we see all this stuff play out, and we know, like, oh, my God, they need to be there. They need to be there. This has to happen. Val has, like, she has to make that decision. Like, make the call. Make the call. It's just so suspenseful. It's so good. It's beautiful the eye like oh my god like it, it's 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 a special episode man it's re- it's it's like authentically star wars i uh i, I want to skip right to that the the eye man like it's it's one of the the best looking uh star wars dynamics sequences whatever you want to call it all of it is just beautiful and um so my friend marissa said kind of what i was thinking she's like i i wasn't sure we were going to see the eye so in my head i i Same. maybe that was maybe just a flash here or like early on how we just saw one go you know shoot by every so often but by the end and seeing what it actually looked like i have goosebumps talking about it just right. very very pretty visually for, and, especially for a disney plus show right like we know they've got the budget but they didn't they didn't cut any corners for this no and just what a good idea to set this main heist of the series so far at least we got a little bit left right to set this heist with a backdrop of such a, a beautiful visual, but also it, it weaves into a narrative. Like there's a reason that they're using this day for that, you know, like it makes perfect sense, but it just, it just works out so well. Make it a ride at Disney. Marissa. I love that point. Absolutely. Ah, the eye would yeah. be incredible. How cool would that. It's like, it's like guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind, but for star Wars, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that would be unbelievable. Uh, I, we know they can do it. it. Going back to what you were saying, John, about, um, just how they had a setup and they had the model, all of that. I love that they burned that, by the way. I, I don't know why. Like you could you could theoretically blink and miss it. They do focus on the fire for a minute, but if you're really not paying attention, you don't see that they're burning the you know the model. Um, I do love that they went over this like a hundred times. I love that they kept quizzing uh Clem and that he was also he he reversed it. He was quizzing them at different points. It's like was, okay, my turn. Yeah, that, I think that was even part of episode five. We didn't really touch much about, but like, he, there's a point where he's like, "Wait a minute, you you don't know this? Like, what what would you have done without me? Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, no, sh- shut up. I'm flying this thing. Like, you freaking idiots. Like, get out. Like, take a back seat. I got this. Like, oh my god. And like that, you know, that that was a fun dynamic. I love some of the questions he asked too. Like, is it on a rail? And Vel says yes, but you know that that was like a, <laughs> a question. Yes. It was like a question. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I love all of that. Yeah. Um. I I love even in episode five the conversation that um Cassian has with Nemec. Uh, they've got like that old communicator system. I love that they both they're kind of like tech nerds and they love that. Uh. Um. You know amongst the backdrop of their conversation about what the empire really is. And even like the, the thing with the milk, 
like how it's oh, just, yeah. you can live on it. It's disgusting, but he pours it out at the end. It was just a funny moment. Like all of that plays really well into building the Cassian character up a little bit because we know what he looks like in Rogue One, but now we're seeing a little personality, right? A little, a little bit more depth that, because we've got the time to explore it. Yeah, I mean, we. You, I would almost argue that over these last two, maybe three episodes, that like Cassian is his character has had like the least character building. They really haven't given us much of his arc right now. Like, and it, I'm not. It, it's a good thing. Like they 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 showed us this team and they like they they showed us this relationship. Cassian is still the same guy as he was episode one. There hasn't been much that we've we've learned about him that has changed our perspective on him, our opinion. Like he's kind of just really been to us what he's been to that crew he's he's the paid mercenary he's here because he needed to be alive i i needed to leave my home planet because i was on the run and i'm here because i have to be here that's all we got so far and it's pretty interesting to be you know be six episodes into this thing and not really have much more than that on your main character did you see too that conversation just a little bit about so when he tells them hey i'm, I'm being paid to be here but you know that the spark has just happened whether he's willing to explore that or not, but inside he's starting to question, yeah, I'm here because I'm being paid, but I'm seeing the inside of why you're doing what you're doing. And that is really, to me, I wouldn't say a turning point, but it's one of the, the, I guess the steps towards yep. him becoming a, a rebel, right? For sure. Like a, For a sure. True rebel. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we're seeing that one moment that I thought for some reason was funny when he was trying to navigate out of the eye and Nevmik is trying to tell him the, the coordinates there. In my head the whole time, I'm like, oh, dude, if only he had K2. <laughs> like, he would have been fine. He would have been fine. But he also, if I go back to Rogue One, K2's arguing with him as they're trying to leave Jeddah, and Cassian goes, I'll calculate it myself. So I was like, oh, part of that? Like, we're building on his, his navigational ability. That's cool. I don't know. It was in my head. Um, so the eye's beautiful. How about the, the Empire? So we talked about some of the officers here. We see a lot of conversation and dialogue between the officers. They don't take anything seriously because they're too comfortable. Just like Cassian said, they're, what do you, you say? They're, they're, they're fat and comfortable, something like that. Uh, and obviously the, the guy can't get his belt on. That's a great, point. that's a great visual. That's a great piece right there. Absolutely brilliant. And I, I love that even though that guy appears like a jerk to his family, he's also saying, Hey, we have to present well, cause we're trying to get off this stupid planet. Right. Right. It's an assignment. Like, Oh my gosh, there's so many layers to all this. Oh, plenty of layers. And even the way he tackles that, the fact that his belt doesn't fit. The first thing he says is like, this must've been stored wrong. It's compressed or something like that. And then the, I love the wife's yeah. lines. Like, or maybe you've expanded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's good. I mean, it's just, yeah, it just shows their, you know, yeah, um, yeah whatever. They're, they're, they don't take anyone seriously. Yes. Right? They, like they, they, they've got a long-term plan. They think no one can possibly stop them. And I love seeing that. I love also seeing the panic in the last few minutes in the emergency meeting, basically, where they, they call all the commanders together and say, you're not going to see your families. You're not, you've got to tell your staff. Everyone's got to stay late tonight. We got to figure out a plan. And what did, what did he say? Basically something to the effect of, Oh gosh. I'm going to have to circle back on, on this later, but basically the empire is tightening its grip now because they're like, this just happened. We're going to show other planets that they're not going to do that as well. Uh, and I thought that that was a really interesting thing. Like, cause where does that start? Um, I think Nemec even 
says it at one point maybe where they they don't hide behind one one event they hide behind 40 of these little events that happen so like it's really interesting seeing the way that the empire is built here because we just see palpatine and vader and in the sith and we're like oh easy they're just two really powerful guys who control the galaxy but it's not that at all. They're so behind the scenes in a lot of this. Yeah, there's so there's so much there's so many grunts and so much brute work that goes on. And yeah, it's it's I'm, fi- I'm glad we're finally seeing that on screen because we yeah, again it's in, in the books, it's in the comics, stuff like that. But like to see this on you know an actual Disney Plus show is, is super cool. Yeah, it's uh, I, I can't say enough about episode six. And it's funny, you know, when we started this episode of Built on Hope, my thought on episode five was, yeah, it was boring. But the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, hey, okay. I, you know, I, I see where they're going. I let it sink in a little bit, especially as it goes into to episode six. Uh, we got a little bit more time with Mon Mothma and uh, also just a little bit of Luthen towards the, the end of that that one episode. Yeah, yeah. You, you get to see him celebrate the victory there. I mean, he doesn't even know the result. He just knows that it happens. He doesn't know who survived or, you know, he, he doesn't know anything. He just knows that the, you know, the heist went down. So to see him celebrate was cool. Um, interesting. To, I'm interested to see what that dynamic looks like with, between him and the team and Mod Mothma. Like, what is that, you know, what what is what does this rebellion look like? What, what's the actual dynamic? Because we don't really know too much about, like, what this rebellion cell looks like and how it functions. We just know this one mission. Like, we, we got the top to the bottom to, you know, now Cassian's here and, like, execute. Uh, interesting to see how this plays out in terms of, like, what it, what is this rebellion cell actually all about? I love seeing his celebration. I love his conversation uh, with the the woman that is working with him at the shop there. Oh, sorry. And I love his reaction. It's just so awesome because he's like, I, I, there was a little bit of panic before that, right? Like he was kind of just tuning in for an hour, trying to almost like on the police scanner to oh, see yeah. what was happening. And he, he can't focus on anything else. I'd say there's a, a lot of panic there. Yeah. Yes. He, he's worried. He overplayed his hand with Andor basically being tied back to him as the mercenary. And, uh, just that reaction when he goes in the back and, and smiles and then starts laughing. I think it was an awesome performance there by Stalin. Oh yeah. Um, and, and Mon Mothma, I love seeing more of her too. Any chance we get, cause I think Genevieve O'Reilly is a really good actress in this capacity. And I, again, we've only seen her on the big screen for the most part to see what that looks like in these rebel Alliance meetings and in, in bigger moments, but these are day to day things. And she's, she doesn't have a great warm home life, right? Like, no. it, you would think that, okay, what is she fighting for? She's fighting for things like her family, but they're, they're not supportive. They're not helping her. They're, you know, they were, they were getting into skirmishes at breakfast there. So I, I think that's interesting too, because that just adds more depth. And I, I'm really intrigued to see how much of a role she plays uh, in the formation of the formal rebel Alliance, because we, we believe she's going to. So I think that'll be a nice storyline throughout the last, I guess, or the next season and a half of, of Vandor. Right, for sure. Any anything else uh, that we missed or, or wanted to talk about? I I, I feel like I, I covered everything I wanted to get to. Yeah, same here. I mean, I I just think episode six was I mean like beginning to end like plays out like a movie. It is it is really good, really suspenseful. This is the one that this is the one that like that you point to when you say this is a good series. This is a, a suspenseful series. Episode six is the one for sure. See, this is the episode that makes sure that I never leave a future episode to the prior week or the yes. past week again, because that's just, that's just silliness. Oh my exactly, gosh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up this episode of Built on Hope. Uh, every Wednesday, we try to get together here at twitch.tv slash the Geekiverse and youtube.com slash the Geekiverse to chat about the latest episode of Andor. 
Uh, we hope you join us for that. If you miss it live, you can always catch it at youtube.com slash the Geekiverse on Rewind or listen in on podcast services around the globe. Uh, John, where can people find you on social media? And if people like video games, what should they check out on the Geekiverse channel? So I'm all over uh, social media at Disruptoid. Follow me there. I'm talking a lot of uh, postseason Yankees baseball nowadays. Uh, hopefully that lasts for a few more weeks. If not, I'll be sad. Make fun of me there. Uh, but in terms of video games, we, we've got uh, we've got our podcast, Busy Sticks. We're going to record that live after this. Uh, every week we sit down, we chat about video games. We talk about our favorite games, what's going on in the news. Do we crack a beer? Maybe. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. Who knows? You'll have to find out. Yeah, good stuff. Can't wait to talk about that. Uh, in just a few moments, we're going to switch gears and talk Busy Sticks. Uh, we're talking about CD Projekt Red's 10-year roadmap, including a new Witcher trilogy, uh, as well as the Super Mario movie trailer. And boy, do I have a lot of good things to say about that. Uh, as always, if you like Star Wars, check out the Geekiverse's YouTube channel. You can find other episodes such as Star Wars Reviewed, where we watched all 11 Star Wars feature films and ranked them. No controversy whatsoever. Nope. Easy. And Very easy. Easy. You know, Force Awakens is definitely the best. <laughs> and... I just dug up some bad memories there. Uh, you can also check out our watch along series that uh, went hand in hand with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, all episodes are downloadable currently wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, look at that steelbook. There we go. Kylo Ren. That's one of the best ones. So I'm Josiah Leroy again for John Fick. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Built on Hope. We'll catch you in just a few minutes for Busy Sticks. Have an awesome night. <laughs>